Welcome to Breaking Free. I'm Rania Kurdi, a transformational life coach, comedian, and mother of two. And you can join me weekly to hear some intimate self-reflections and conversations with inspirational friends and guests from all around the world, sharing what they needed to break free from in order to live a life of purpose. Hi, and welcome back to a new episode of Breaking Free in 2022. Usually, the new year focuses, or all the messages that you hear focus on, how can you be a better you, a new you? And there's a lot of pressure that comes with that. And I don't think it's the most healthy of ways to look at it. Um, It is good to improve upon things, but to change completely and imagine that, you know, you're going to do things completely differently now that it's a new year is kind of mad. You can start when you are ready to start making those changes and they happen day by day, step by step, I believe. And um, I thought it might be beneficial to share with you some of the things that I do and I like to do that have helped me and some of the things that I know have helped a lot of my clients in coaching with confidence and with believing in themselves more and trusting themselves more. So as a coach and mentor who supports people with confidence and feeling more confident in themselves, I find the biggest pressure is them expecting to be so different from how they actually are because of what people have told them, what parents, what teachers, what the culture or media say about how you should be. And and then we put these goals that we're not able to achieve. Rather than understanding what works best for us, what our good traits are, our positive traits, and concentrate on them more, trying to make them grow, is a much healthier way of looking at things and then feeling confident about your abilities and yourself. So let's say, like me, you're a person that doesn't plan ahead very well. Well, instead of seeing that as a bad thing, why not see it as a good thing in that you're spontaneous and that you can go with the flow, whatever happens, and you live in the moment and then focus on the things that work for you in your career or your outings and activities, your social life that work for you to be spontaneous. Further along in the episode, I'll be giving you some questions to reflect upon how the last year has been for you, what sort of things have worked and what things haven't worked. And that way you'll have a clearer picture of where you've been and where you want to go. And as long as you have a kind of guide towards where you would like to go, what sort of things would you like more in your life, that's a good place to start. Um, But before we get there, I just wanted to talk a little bit more about confidence, that confidence isn't something we all just have naturally. It's something we can develop. It's something we can work on, every single one of us. And some of us might have a little higher dose of it Um, because of our circumstances in life with maybe family supporting you or encouraging you much more Um, or good positive experiences where you excelled at something and people celebrated you. But if you don't have it and you're feeling like you'll never have it, you know, you're in your 20s now, 30s or older, 
and you still feel insecure about things, just know that there's a way that you can develop your confidence. And one of the smallest, nicest ways, actually, is trying new things. It can be very, very scary to try new things. However, if we don't, life can be very, very dull. And they can be something very, very small. But if you feel that it challenges you, then that's the thing that you need to do. Because if you live in fear and you live in just your comfort zone, you're never going to push yourself. And when you don't push yourself, you don't discover new things about yourself and that you're capable of doing something, which is the very thing that gives you more confidence. So for instance, starting this podcast was a real challenge for me. It was something that I wanted to do, but I resisted doing for so long. I procrastinated and thought about it, talked about it, but didn't actually get on with doing it. And I had to sit down and realize what is it that I'm scared of? It didn't make sense at first because I'm not scared of speaking up. I'm not scared of being in front of the camera or on a mic. So what would it be? I'm also not scared of things failing. Um, that's something that I'm really grateful for, that I've always been able to take that leap into the unknown, even if I don't have a guarantee of something succeeding. Because for me, it's the experience that I enjoy more than the success. So my focus is sort of on the experience and learning something from it, the adventure of it all. However, what I realized was scaring me about creating a podcast was the commitment to being consistent. So for me, being consistent is something that's scary. For someone else, consistency is safety. They like to know what's happening next week and that it will happen over and over and over again for the next year and the year after that. For me, that's a scary thing. It makes me feel like I'm going to lose my freedom, my spontaneity to be able to do things whenever I want because now I'm committed to something. However, when I sat down with myself and looked at it logically and comforted myself that I could perhaps not do it weekly, I could do it bi-weekly, which is how I've started to do these episodes now when I, I had other things that I was juggling as well. So the way to deal with those fears is to break things down into little steps. You don't have to commit to finally doing that big thing that scares you. Just say to yourself, I'm going to investigate how I would actually record. Learning how to edit would come in beneficial, whether I do the podcast or not. I could use it for my YouTube channel. I could use it for something else that comes up in the future. So I started doing those things and then I created and attracted energy that brought a podcast opportunity my way. It's probably also down to our phones spying on us and all the algorithms and figuring out what you're interested in. And so those um, commercials and advertisements come your way. However, it pushed me to commit to something by taking a course that had me commit to actually preparing a podcast and putting it out there within six weeks. And so that's a small example of actually achieving what you want 
and starting to feel confident about your capabilities because once you've done it, once you've tried, once you've got over that fear threshold, you start believing in yourself again to be able to do other things. And so no matter how small that step is, it will make you feel confident to take the next step after that and the next step after that. Another fun example is of a friend that I have who's in her 30s but has never driven yet and is about to take her driving test. And she was saying to me how her dream car would be a Fiat 500. And so I looked up the car to see which one she meant and... Immediately, I got one of these, you know, boxes that said, would you like to see the car? Would you like to test drive the car? And I thought, well, why not? And I'll take her with me. Um, She can't test drive the car because she hasn't got a license yet, but I can. And I quite would like to check out the electric car because I haven't driven a fully electric car. I've tried a hybrid. So that would be an interesting new experience for me and an interesting new experience for her. So that's what we did. And she found it incredibly exciting because it suddenly felt real. You know, these driving lessons that she was taking, you kind of go along with the steps towards what your dream is, is to drive, for instance, but you don't really imagine it for real happening after your test. But actually sitting in the car, the car that she wanted and feeling herself on the road, in it, made it very real that those were the steps that she was going to take after she passed. The minute you try something for the first time and it's something that scares you a little bit because you haven't done it before, it brings back excitement to your life, no matter how small it is. It could be changing your style of clothing. It could be trying out a dance class. It could be joining a new group that you don't know. Or going to a networking meeting and telling people about your business and giving out your business card. It could be really anything that hasn't crossed your mind before and feels challenging for you. Put yourself out there. Put yourself in that risky position. And as children, that's what's exciting is that we're always learning new things. Learning to walk, learning to speak, learning to eat. All those things you'll see a child be so excited about because it's new. But if that child just knew everything and stuck to what they know, life starts becoming very, very dull. And I've seen it time and time again with clients that I help who are really anxious and overwhelmed to be on camera and speak and create their own videos and the joy that they feel when they finally are able to do it and they know that they've tried it. It always helps, especially at the beginning, to have people who believe in you, who support you, who cheer you on. And it's good to surround yourself with those sort of people rather than the negative ones who always want to question everything and say, oh, will that really work? And it's a bit risky and you've never done it before. That really doesn't help you move forward. So try to surround yourself with people who are cheerleaders, who are risk takers Because it will motivate and inspire you to push yourself further. And once you start doing that and find the trust in yourself, then that is priceless. So it's time to write things down if you want to reflect on the year that's passed. 
I really recommend that you start journaling if you don't already do so. I have found journaling so helpful and I've heard it a million times from gurus and authors recommending it and I'm, I'm glad that I've really stuck to it for many years now because we forget how much has happened in a year. We can easily think, oh, I haven't really accomplished much or not much has happened. Honestly, I mean, I forget what's happened like the day before, if you ask me. So to think back a whole year, I can easily overlook a lot of things that I've accomplished or a lot of things I've discovered about myself or changed or developed. So what I love doing now every New Year's Eve or New Year's Day or, you know, if I'm busy, I'll try and do it a day after or something. But during lockdown, COVID, that has been my thing. It hasn't been going out. And actually, I find that I'm more excited doing that than I am going to a gathering or a party. And sometimes we find that we can pressure ourselves to think that we should enjoy something with lots of people and going out because that's what people do at New Year. But lockdown has given us an opportunity to do things differently and discover perhaps that we quite like a more quiet setting. I quite like staying at home and avoiding the hustle and bustle and getting dressed up. And it's been really enjoyable to look back through my journals and note down all the major things that I have taken from this year and be astonished and proud of myself, of looking back and seeing what they are. And thinking, my God, has this all happened in a year? I thought it, it feels like that was ages ago. And then pat yourself on the back, because really, we always look at our shortcomings rather than how much we have done. And the way to journal, I've found, so that I don't ramble and write too much and it take up too much of my time, is just every night I will write five, maximum 10 points of what's happened in the day, whether it's taking care of my health, uh, physically exercise, uh, yoga, meditation, if I've drank a lot of water, if uh, I've met up with someone else, if I've um, achieved something, worked. Main points if there's been a particular feeling or a dream or some kind of aha moment, of course I would write those. But otherwise, I just kind of keep it simple to how I'm taking care of myself, what steps am I doing that have pushed me sort of forward, or maybe I'm feeling like I can't do that today, I've just rested and I am taking care of myself. So the first question to ask yourself is, what made you happy in the last year? What were the moments that you felt your happiest, your calmest, your most relaxed? And have a think back. Where were they, these happy moments mostly? Were they at home? Were they when you were traveling? Were they at work? Were they in the gym? And then you can sort of try and see a pattern there of where is your happy place? And think about who the people are that you were with when you're happiest. Perhaps it's not when you're with people. If you're an introvert, 
Maybe your happiest moments have been when you've been able to have some quiet. If you're a mom who's always busy with the kids and you actually had some time off where someone had the kids for you and you, you had a couple of hours to yourself, that could have been your happiest. And it's good to see that and think, right, I need more of that. How am I going to plan for that to be in my schedule, for it to happen more? Because when you give yourself that, when you feel taken care of and nourished by yourself, you know, taking care of yourself, giving love to yourself and time to yourself, then you are happier and more able to give to others. We've been led to believe that it's selfish to put ourselves first and give time to ourselves. And so we sacrifice and sacrifice and please others and are available for others and give up our dreams sometimes and our ambitions for ourselves. But it only leaves us irritated and bitter and tired and not that great to be around, to be honest. So the more time out that you can carve for yourself, the more happy and present you will be for others. So it's well worth you thinking back to the last year, you know, go through January. What did I do? February, March. You really have to go month by month, try and remember where you were during that time, what was happening around you and try and think what those moments were where you were happiest. Maybe they are the ones where you were with family and big gatherings and maybe it's completely the opposite. What were the challenges that you faced in the last year? Try and remember what the challenges were. And then when you've noted them and listed them, try and think why were they challenging and how did you deal with those challenges? Did you break down, give up, shut down? Did you eventually come out of that? How long did it take? Or did you face it head on and just sort of push through it till you were burnt out? Or did you ask for support and help? And somebody assisted you and made it easier. Did something unexpected come your way that changed everything and made that challenge go away and suddenly things sorted out? And see what you actually did that worked that you could do again and gain more trust in yourself that when you were challenged with things, you were able to handle it. And maybe you dealt with challenges this year very different than years before. Perhaps you've learned how to stay calmer and pause and reflect or maybe take some time out to breathe rather than react and then praise yourself for that, for coming this far, for changing some habits that didn't help you in the past that are now reaping the benefits. And another question is, what were those things that you wanted to do, you needed to do, but you got put off? Was it your own negative self-talk? Was it other people saying it's impossible or you shouldn't do it? Was it fearing a lack of knowledge of maybe the technicalities of it or not feeling prepared enough that you needed to study more or investigate more, research more? So what were the reasons that you put off those things that you'd promised yourself you were going to do? Maybe the goals were too high. Maybe it felt like too much of a challenge that you completely didn't even try to attempt it. 
So make sure that the goals that you put for yourself are achievable and choose one thing per month that you're going to focus on. What is your one focus for February? And put that down on a post-it note, write it on your mirror, have it on your laptop screensaver, whatever you need to remind you that that is your one focus. That's the thing that you'd like to accomplish and finish and take steps towards. So when you've got all these other little tasks that really don't need doing at the moment, they really don't need to be finished in February, but you're giving them priority, go back to that one thing and remember you really wanted to accomplish that and keep focused. And my last question for you is what are you grateful for in this last year? There's so many things to be grateful for and we focus a lot on the lack, what we don't have, the bad things that have happened, the sadness, the loss, and there has been a lot of that this year. However, what am I grateful for? When you start doing that on a regular basis as part of your journal, just choose one to five things that you can be grateful for. And the more you're grateful, the more you become happy with what you do have instead of focusing on being unhappy about what you don't have. Usually we go to sleep thinking, oh, I didn't finish this today and I didn't do that and I have to do this tomorrow. And the brain is just stressing about all the lack, all the negativity, all the things that didn't happen and not focusing on the things that did happen. And then it's very, very hard to get to sleep because the brain is still functioning at high speed thinking. But if we switch off by going, the things that I'm happy about today, thank goodness, were, and you start thinking of them one by one, slowly you drift into a very pleasant sleep rather than a worried sleep. And you're not as exhausted when you wake up because you've had a better, deeper sleep. And just remember that life isn't about do, 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 achieve, 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 keep going, going, going. We also have to have moments of stillness, moments of rest, and try and find those in your day every day, whether it's five minutes before you drive to work, or whether it's just before you go to sleep, or when you're feeling really hectic and overwhelmed to just sit down and be completely still. And just notice yourself breathing in and out and feeling absolutely still. You don't have to call it mindfulness or meditation or have to do anything specific. Your mind will probably jump to a million thoughts. Just try to go back to your breath and have that stillness for five minutes. If you found this episode or any other episodes helpful, please share it with your friends. Leave a review or contact me on rania at raniacurdy.com to tell me what's worked for you, what new things you've done, or simply to send me a request or suggestion for future episodes. 